Hello everyone, happy Wednesday and welcome to Transmissible, a public health podcast. I am your host, Jessica Stahl. I have spent most of my career as a contractor for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and I am in the like last week of graduate school for epidemiology. Um, finals week was last week. The graduation walk was last week, but technically like grades and diplomas have not been sent out. Um, a little bit of legal disclaimerage. Um, nothing I say here is medical advice. Nothing represents any of my employers or where I went to school. This is just my public health passion project that I love doing and it's been so fun. I started it this semester and um, yeah, thanks for being here. This has been um, kind of a creative outlet as I've been in school and I'm a new mom. Um, this is kind of my nap time project. <laughs> When my son goes down for a nap, I jump on here and record, and it's just been really fun. So I appreciate if you're here. I am trying to grow a little community, and so far our community is micro-booming. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the listeners. I see you in the um, analytics that I pull, and this is just so fun. Um, I wanted to jump on here for kind of a midweek news update. I really like following public health news, and I did one Monday, and it's Wednesday, and we already have new headlines. Honestly, I got most of these from CNN. I was on their website, and they just had like a really good curated list, so I will cite all these sources in the body of the podcast, but I'm going to read some verbatim and also um, kind of recap some of the articles. And yeah, I just kind of want to jump on and do a news update. Let's say we have one, two, three, four. We have four headlines, so it might be a slightly shorter podcast, but these are all um, very interesting. Some of them are sad. Some of them are um, hope bringing, and I just, I thought this was an interesting list. So let's get into it. Story number one, three dead, an outbreak of Rocky Mountain spotted fever, CDC warns. So basically, there's an outbreak of the tick-borne disease Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. It has caused five deaths, including, sorry, five illnesses, including three deaths. This has technically been going on since July, but it's just now really hitting the mainstream news networks. Um, CDC's, you know, giving a warning about it. These five cases were all identified in Southern California, and they involved people who had traveled to northern Mexico in the Baja, California region in the previous two weeks before they got sick. Four of these people were under the age of 18. Three of them were US residents, the agency said in a health alert, and all five of them were hospitalized, and unfortunately, three of them died. CDC is warning healthcare providers that if the patient has symptoms of Rocky Mountain spotted fever and has recently traveled to Northern Mexico, they should consider starting treatment with the antibiotic um, doxycycline right away, rather than wait for the test results to confirm the condition. This actually hits really close to home. Um, my husband, at the time, he was my were we, yeah, we were engaged. He was my fiance. He got so sick one April. He was just so sick. Admitted to the hospital. He was in the ICU. We like legitimately thought he was going to die, and they thought he had Rocky Mountain spotted fever. They started him on dioxy. <laughs> I always say it wrong. Doxycycline. And um, he did not react well to doxycycline. We think he may have an allergy. It's kind of like this big question mark. Um, turned out he did not have Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Um, it was like another infectious disease situation. It was kind of inconclusive for a while and um, just like really bad fevers. And it was so stressful. So this one, it's close to home. Um, it's, it's scary when you're in the hospital and you 
think you have it. I can't imagine when you actually have it. So um, hearts are with those people and hopefully they can get a handle on this like miniature outbreak. Next story, the FDA approves two gene therapies for sickle cell disease, bringing hope to thousands of people. So this is really exciting. This is our good news of the day. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, approved two gene-based therapies for sickle cell disease on Friday, including the first treatment. Oh my gosh, there's a plane going over. Hopefully this does not get picked up by the microphone including the um, first therapy that uses the gene editing technique of CRISPR. You may have heard of CRISPR. Um, it's, I'd say it's a fairly well-known term, but maybe I could do an episode on what CRISPR is because that's um, kind of a biggie. Opening a new era of treatments for genetic conditions, the medicines called CASJV and Lipogenia are potential cures for people with sickle cell, a debilitating, life-shortening, inherited red blood cell disorder that disproportionately affects African-Americans. CASGV is the CRISPR-based treatment made by Vertex Pharmaceuticals and CRISPR Therapeutics. Lifegenia, made by Bluebird Bio, uses an older gene therapy approach. Um, but both were cleared for people 12 and up who have a history of vaso-occlusive crises which is a painful event caused by the disease. So this one was super exciting. This definitely needed to be included in our midweek news update. This is um, huge news and just so exciting for people with sickle cell disease. All right, number three, poison centers see a 1,500% increase in calls related to injected weight loss drugs as people accidentally overdose. So we've probably all heard of Ozempic by now. It's a semi-glutide. Um, I think the other one is way, oh, I shouldn't have even gone down the show. I don't know if that, it's like way groove or way, way groove. It's basically Ozempic. Um, this is very popular right now. And these poison control centers are seeing like an insane increase of calls related to overdose. They said it's mostly from accidental overdose or people took double the dose or um, wrong doses, but obviously very scary. My um, mom is on Ozempic and she had a lot of questions about her dosage, like the little form that they gave her and um, like kind of how they instructed her to take it was not very clear. And so she called me and my husband and um, asked us to give it a look. And honestly, it was very confusing. So I can totally see why this is a thing. Um, if myself and my husband had a hard time with it and we're, um, I'm more the science and my husband's a doctor, like it should not, it should not take all these minds to figure it out. And maybe that's just how her, um, nurse practitioner wrote the script, but it, it was a little confusing. So I totally see how this is happening. Um, so hopefully they can get that sorted out, maybe make it a little more clear or do a little bit more, um, I guess training because you have a lot of people, um, taking shots now that are usually not. I'm a type 1 diabetic, so I'm very, very familiar with syringes and taking a shot. Um, and as anyone who has experience with insulin knows that, you know, one unit versus two units can be a huge difference. You know, one unit versus 10 would be massive. I can't imagine if I was trying to take five units and I got 10, that could, you know, potentially be an ER visit. So hopefully they get that sorted out. Okay, and then the last one, more in kind of the, um, 
more of like the mental health, the lifestyle category of public health, it says that millennial women are facing the first decline in well-being since the silent generation, a report says. Um, this is also from um, CNN. Again, I will link these. I'm reading some of this verbatim, so don't get me on the plagiarism side, but I thought this is interesting. My one qualm with this is they are categorizing millennials as ages 25 to 34, and I would argue that that is half Gen Z, half millennial. Um, in, in my opinion, I know there's like different dates for this, but in my opinion, a millennial right now in the year of 2023 is 30-ish to 40-ish, and Gen Z is more like 20-ish to 30-ish, and this is 25 to 34. But let's read this because I think it's, it is interesting. So it says, things are not necessarily better for American women today than they were for their mothers or grandmothers, according to a new report. In recent years, the most important markers of women's safety and health have declined, data shows. The Population Reference Bureau created an index of women's well-being, identifying the factors that best indicate the general status of poverty, education, incarceration, political representation, physical and mental health, and participation in the labor force. The index was created to compare the status of different generations of U.S. women at the same stage of life around the ages 25 to 34. While there have been some, this is in quotes, while there have been some areas of generation to generation improvement, millennials are the first generation of women since the so-called silent generation. I don't know why they say so-called silent generation, that, that is what it's called, who are seeing declines in overall well-being based on our index. The lead author of the report, Sarah Srigeli, said, um, She's a research analyst for the Population Reference Bureau. It's a nonprofit, apparently, that collects, let's see, population data on health and well-being. That's actually really interesting. Um, and they categorize the silent generation as being, be, being born between 1928 and 1945. And um, this generation lived through the Great, Depe the Great Depression and World War II, as well as just like of lifestyle changes. Think of someone born in 1928. So they're 20 in 48. Think of how different life was for them at age 20 in terms of technology and advancements than it was 60 years down the road. I mean, that's just like through their lifespan, they saw so many changes. I can't even imagine. I talked to my grandparents a little bit about that. Um, and I just think it's fascinating. I mean, even our parents I'm 32, so you know our parents are the uh, the baby boomer generation. They've seen so many changes throughout their lifetime. Like my mom, for example, when she was younger, she was really young. They had a black and white television, and now she's FaceTiming on her iPhone. Like it's just it's just crazy the difference there. Um, so I thought that was an interesting report. I feel like I've seen that um, kind of bopping around the news a little bit. That like you know we're the first generation that's not necessarily better off in terms of like health and lifestyle and like, you know, what you can afford, like a house and stuff like that. So I did think that was really interesting and I wanted to include it. Um, but yeah, those are my choices. I think I'm going to hop on on Friday. I'm really liking the structure of a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, little news update. Um, the one I posted on Monday, I got some good hits on that one, some good viewage. And usually I try to like, advertise a little bit on TikTok. And before I had a chance to do that, 
I had like quite a few views. So I appreciate you guys listening. Um, this is just so fun. And shoot me a DM. Come say hey, like, follow, do all the things so we can like interact. And um, I'm just enjoying this. When I was in college, I streamed video games on Twitch. And so I really like the format of kind of talking into the computer to an anonymous audience. And um, I've really missed streaming, but I just don't quite have the time for that many hours of video games now. And um, just my interests have changed a little bit. And so this is really reminiscent of my video game Twitch era. And I just am excited to have a format um, to kind of get this creative outlet out again. So yeah, those are my articles. If you think I got one wrong or one definitely should have been included, send me a DM. I'm transmissible pod on TikTok and I'm public health Jess, J-E-S on Twitter, which I guess is X now. Um, it's actually like one of my old accounts. I'm repurposing it to make it like a professional Twitter. Um, I said this on my other episodes, but I started like a science major. I was a biology major. And so I did like science um, as a whole, but biology, chemistry, physics, pre-med. Um, like, okay, if you know, you know, this is like 10 years ago. It was like really big on the internet then to do like blank problems. <laughs> so like biology major problems, chem major problems. And I started one of those accounts. Um, and so I have like, just like a little follower list of all these science people. So I'm going to repurpose it and make it kind of my professional public health account. Um, but I need kind of using it also as just a DM source for this podcast. So if you want to chat, hit me up over there. Um, thank you so much for listening and I'll see y'all on Friday. Bye.